Hi, we're back with another message from the Second Coming of Christ on Losing the Soul Life by Reverend Dr. David Entry. Luke 17.32 says, Remember Lot's wife. Though she was delivered, she was too entangled with the world to make it to the promised land. Listen to find out how it relates to you and the reward awaiting you. A football team prepares for a match. Students prepare for examinations. Athletes prepare for the day of their athletic event. Politicians do a lot of talking, reaching out to people, campaigning, preparing for a certain day. Soldiers are prepared for a day of battle. Farmers sow and prepare for the time of harvest. Christians must prepare for the second coming of Christ. It would be a shame that a footballer has forgotten that he has to prepare for the match. You will lose your football career. It seems like sports is fun, but to the professionals, it's not fun. It's work. Boxers spend most of their days in the gym, preparing, training, punching, punching bags, <laughs> lifting things. They have to do that. Usain Bolt, I remember, I think, the 2012, was it 2012 Olympics, was it the one in London? Yeah. And the subsequent one, I think, 2016, more 2012. He was training aggressively. The kind of training, he, I used to be an athlete. And long, way before the game, uh, the competition, way before we start training, I stopped eating, I was in secondary school, I stopped eating hot chili. I stopped, I have to be called, and that's the staple diet for secondary school students in those days. You, you need it, you, you need it, it's always there. And so that's, that's always readily. But I had to stop eating it for months because, months because I had an event ahead. Every, in fact, when someone tells you I'm expecting, when a woman comes to tell you I'm expecting, you, don't, you may see her normal, but when she says I'm expecting, that means that she's, she has a day in mind. And then just getting closer to the day, they begin to do shopping. They buy um, feeding bottles, sterilizers, uh, espresses, espresses, sterilizers, um, nappies, yeah, a lot of nappies, Moses basket, that's so important, yes. Moses basket, some buys caught 
wives. You know, why, why is she doing that? I, I think it would be very irresponsible for an expecting mother to be eating everything, doing everything, and not even buy stuff in, in preparation anticipation for the arrival of the child. And so, in the same way, believers, it is actually against our destinies to just live ordinary lives. Bible says in 2 Timothy that no man warring entangles 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. No man warring entangles himself with civilian affairs. You are at war. No one engages engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. One translation, I think, either... NLT or NIV says civilian affairs. You cannot live. You are in Afghanistan. You've been sent to Afghanistan to fight with the British Army or the Allied uh, forces or whatever, the British Army, and you are there living like someone who's gone for a holiday. You can't. Somebody who's traveled to Pakistan for a holiday, cannot live like a soldier who has been sent there. He didn't even go. He was sent there by his government for uh, 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 military activities. And Jesus, or the Bible tells it, no one, uh, soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian, civilian life. For, they, for them, they cannot please the, please the officer who enlisted them. The reason why God can't smile on certain Christians is because they are tied up in ordinary, normal, unbelievers' affairs. They are living like they are unbelievers. They, 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 they don't live with anticipation and expectation that they are now under a commanding officer. You can't entangle yourself with civil. I like that word that um, tied up. The King James, New King James said, entangled. Entangled. You've entangled yourself with so many things that are not, that are not helpful for the assignment you have been put on. Soldiers are always preparing for a battle. And that's how the church, Christians, must always prepare for the second coming of Christ. You have to be ready. You have to be ready. First Thessalonians chapter 5. From verse 1 to verse 6. Very interesting. Concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. Verse 2. For you yourself know perfectly that the day of the Lord, someone say the day of the Lord. The of the Lord. Say the day of the Lord. The of the Lord. How is it going to come? No one can stop it. No one can stop that day. God has set a day. He said, watch this. For you, your, verse 1. But concerning the times and the season, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. Why 
Why should I write to you again? Why should I keep telling you again? Why? Because, verse 2, because you yourself know perfectly that the day of the Lord shall come like a thief. So you have to be ready at every time. In other words, for you to know the day of the Lord shall come like a thief, I believe the text is focusing more on the nature of the coming than the possibility of coming. It's talking about how it's going to come. But as for coming, it's just, it's just like a pregnant woman. One day, this thing, the fetus will come out of your womb as a baby. One day, it, you can't be pregnant for eight years. So as to whether you are going to give birth or not, or whether you're going to, that one is not negotiable because once you're pregnant, it's coming, right? But as to when it's going to come, is what is done. The day is going to happen. So instead, concerning the coming of the Lord, I don't have to write to you concerning exactly when, because you know the times and the seasons. You are, you are nine months pregnant, and you want us to tell you, be ready, the baby can come at any time. No. Or you are eight months, eight and a half months. You should know that it's around this time because there are signs that point to the coming. So when you're a believer, you should know. But he's saying that the baby, in fact, doctors have told you that your due date is 27th of September. 27th of September, it can be plus or minus. But it's around that time. So he said, you know it's going to be around that time because you know the seasons. You've seen that you are now in your third trimester. So it's going to come around this time, just the later, time, later part of the third trimester. In the same way, he's saying that you know the times and the seasons. You know Jesus is about to come around this time. So, and just that you a particular day and hour, no man knows because he's going to come as a thief in the night. Verse 2, read it. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. Verse 3. For when they say, peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon when them. When they begin to try to do more peacekeeping talks. <laughs> when they say peace, safety, you know, security, sport, let's have global security conference. <laughs> We need to call the UN Security Council to meet. We have to, the, we, we want peace and safety. So when they are saying that, uh -huh, then suddenly, uh, then suddenly destruction comes upon them, as a labor, as as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. That's what I was talking about. And they shall not escape. See, he's talking about we and they. We, the believers, they, those who are not the believers. But unfortunately, many believers operate like the day. Verse 4. But, but you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. I don't, I don't want to come now. He's coming like a thief. He's coming like a thief, but not as a surprise to many of us. His coming is not supposed to surprise you as a believer. When I was growing, they used to sing a lot of songs concerning the second coming of Christ. No one knows he'll come like, like, like a thief. No, we will have an idea. That is the season. He's coming. In fact, yesterday, I went to preach somewhere in the night. We were traveling back home. And the way it was, the weather, the, way, the, the lightning. And, you know, at that time, I was crossing, I was crossing the, I was, I was crossing 
the Dafford Bridge, the Queen Elizabeth Bridge, <laughs> clockwise. Okay, so I was crossing the bridge, the Dafford Bridge, not the tunnel, the bridge. And the lightning, and you can practically see yeah. the lightning, and it was a very scary thing. First thought that came in, is it possible Christ is coming? And then second thought that came closer to me, when I got close to the bridge, I was thinking that it's not a good idea to drive over this bridge. When <laughs> but I said, well, I know who I am. If it's not time for Jesus to come, then as long as I am here, nothing contrary can happen. I can't be on a plane for the plane to be involved in a crash. No. There can be a suicide bomber on the plane or whatever, with full uh, security check fail. No, no. Once I'm on, I'm enough security. security. So when I, 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 so let me, because it was quite interesting. Because, and so I thought, okay, if Christ is coming, that would be a good idea. Because I know he can come now. I'm actually expecting him. It's like someone telling you that my, my waters are broken. 30, uh, um, 39 weeks, my waters are broken. Yeah, she's not surprised. So when your, your wife is expecting, when your wife is within the 39th week or something, and you're at work, you are, your phone is always on. Why do you keep your phone on? Because my wife is, anything can happen. That is how believers should behave. Don't switch, on, don't switch off your phone. When you are away and your sister is expecting, you are the only one you're living with your sister and she's expecting, it can come anytime. Don't switch off your phone on God. But you may not do it intentionally, but you can do it because you have been entangled in a lot of civilians affair, civilian affairs. You can, you, you, because you have been caught up in a lot of activities that are necessary for the life here. Necessary for the life here. It's necessary. Don't, don't say it's not necessary. It's necessary. It's necessary. But in comparison to what we are expecting, it is really unimportant. It's unimportant. I'm at work. And oh, I'm trying to sign some letters. And I'm told that my wife has been rushed to the hospital because the, the waters are broken. And I want to be there when the baby is coming out. Other things are not important. No, 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 no. That's why you can't, in our law, you, you are not even allowed. You can't, your bosses or your employers are not allowed to give you a sack when you are on maternity leave. Maternity is not supposed to make you lose your job. Because it's, it's a season of expectation and emergencies. So if you have delivered, you can't. In the same way, he says that as a woman, the day will come suddenly as a woman. We'll put it on the screen again, verse 4. First Thessalonians chapter 5. But you, brethren, are not in darkness. Say, we are not in darkness. Really? But some brethren are actually in darkness. Darkness there is that you are not ignorant. So a church that does not teach and every now and then conscientize their members is keeping them in darkness concerning the coming. Yeah. Yeah. So 
You may not be expecting it or preparing for it, but you can't say, I didn't know Christ is coming. Right now, if the rapture happens, or if the second coming is coming, you suddenly remember, this is what they've been talking about. I'm not in darkness concerning the coming. Just that I was not prepared. You are not in darkness, so that day should overtake you as a thief. Go to the next verse, verse 5. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Now, the sons of the day, meaning that we are children of God, born of God's word. And God's word has, has prepared us enough, told us enough. We are not ignorant. Let me read the verse 6 that I can move on from there. Let's all read it. Let's all read it together. Let's go. You see what we are supposed to do? Watch and be sober. Sober means bring yourself under control. I know you like it, but be sober. This is not the time. I know you like peanuts, but because of this pregnancy, please be sober. Be sober, control, control. I know you like girls, but because you are now born again and Christ is coming, please let them girls go. <laughs> wow. He said, we are not, verse 6, he says that therefore let us not sleep as others do. Now watch this. This, watch this, this word, others, or these others he's referring to are not the ones in the world. Other believers who are supposed to be awake, because those in the world, they are not expecting anything. They are not awake. So as for them, they are just, imp- they are not even asleep, they are dead. <laughs> but he says that, let us, no, let us not sleep as others do, but let us so... It is your choice either to sleep or to watch and be sober. God won't do it for you. God won't do it for me. God won't do it for us. He's not talking about those who be sleeping as I'm preaching. No, that's not the one he's talking about. Let us not sleep as others. I want to pick it up from where I ended. That's what I'm already, already doing last week. Preparing for the second coming of Christ. Losing your soul life. Part two. Losing your soul life. Um, Luke chapter 17. Thank you, Jesus. Luke chapter 17, reading from verse 21. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Let's go. Nor will they say... Let's start from verse 20. 
Now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come. Who asked him? Who asked him? What, what, are you upset with something or you are just not watchful? Somebody sleeping. Who asked him? All right, let's go. Now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. Then he said to the disciples, the days will... Then he said to who? The disciples. Right. They were mixing some stuff because they didn't have understanding of what the kingdom of God was. When they're talking about the kingdom of God, they, they know that there is a day when everything shall end and God is like the Jehovah Witness talking about paradise. Everything just for the Jews, everything will be amazing according to Isaiah chapter 11. You know, the lion and the, 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 the lion and the lamb will lie together. The lion will eat straw. Can you imagine lion and rabbit playing together? Tom and Jerry, hey, 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 hey. they are playing, everybody's happy. So there's a day coming. And so they asked Jesus, At what, when are you going to restore the kingdom? To Israel. So even the believers, they were asking when Jesus was about to go. Because they knew that the Messiah was coming to restore the Davidic kingdom. When Israel was not being ruled by anybody. So the, the Pharisees were asking that, so when is, oh, you are a teacher, you are a great man. So when is the kingdom coming? And then he told them that the kingdom of God does not come with observations. In other words, it's not, it's not going to come based on human judgment. So let there be peace everywhere and suddenly it's a, No, the way you think it's going to be is not what it is. So they were asking a question, expecting something, and he told them that actually what you didn't know is that the kingdom of God is already in your midst. It's already here. Now, who was he talking to when he said that? Who, was he, who asked him the question? Who was he responding to? The Pharisee, and he told them that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is... Verse 21, the kingdom of God is within you. Now, if you are not careful about the context, you would think he's talking about it's in your heart. Okay, it's in your heart. No, it's not the kingdom of God is inside you. It's within you. He was talking to the Pharisees. They didn't have the seed of God inside them. So he's talking about something has landed amongst us, not inside us. Okay, as inside you as a person, but within us as a, as a people. And he says that Pharisees, the kingdom of heaven is already within you, and you don't know. Then he turns to his disciples and starts to talk to them about the second coming. The question they asked, they were talking about the restoration of everything that is connected to the second coming, but not in the way they were expecting. So he told them the kingdom of God is already here. Then he began to talk to his disciples about the second coming. So then he said to his, uh, to the disciples, talking about his disciples, that the days will come, I explained the days, okay? The days will come when you will desire to see, see one of the days of the Son of Man and you will not see it. The days is talking about certain times, certain period when you won't have Son of Man, Jesus, physically with you, all right? You won't have him physically with you. And you desire that, oh, how we, we desire one of the days of the Son of Man. And you will not see it. Now, go to the next verse. So, two days there, as I explained last week, 
The days, number one day, the, before the previous verse again, the day, the first one is talking about a certain period of time is coming where you will see the, physically see the Son of Man. Okay, you desire one of the days. The second day has to do with when the Son of Man was in, on earth, walking. That's when Abraham desires to see my days and saw it and was glad. All right, so those are the days. And then the verse 23 talks about, and they will say to you, look, read it. And they will say to you, look here or look there. Do not go after them or follow them. For as the lightning that flashes out of one part under heaven shines to the other part under heaven, so also the Son of Man will be in his day. But first he must... Watch this. So also would the Son of Man be in his day. Now, this his day is not his days, which is different from you would like to see one of the days of the Son of God, Son of Man. Do you remember? Yeah. Oh, are you confused? Verse 20, 22. Look at verse 22. The days are coming, the period is coming when you desire to see one of the days. Okay, so this is a couple of days, but it is different from the 20, verse 24 we are just reading. Go to the, uh, the son of man do in his day. It's a day. In his day. What is this day, which is different from one of his days, which is different from the days? Am I communicating yes. clearly? So days, a certain period of time, and you desire to, to see one of the days when the Son of Man was around. That, those, those, oh, you know, remember, oh, I miss those days when we were in secondary school or when we were in, in year five. I miss those days when, when, we used to, when we used to go to holidays with the whole family. I miss when my dad was around. I miss when they, 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 and those days, those days, those days. It's, it's human. There are days that you have again. And guess what? There are days like these days where you are able to freely walk to church and hear the word of God. You may not have it again. There are times and some days are coming where we will not be meeting in a hotel like this again. Hallelujah. And some will say, oh, I remember the days we wake up early, go and pack equipment and set up. And someone will say, I wish I could do that. The days are gone. Because now we have our own major mega auditorium. multi-purpose facility. The days. Okay, so you miss some days. You miss some days. Some of you miss the days where you, where you used to be, in fact, those who are already married. Sometimes, don't you, especially women, sometimes don't you miss the days when you were courting? Some of you call it dating, so let me use your normal words for you. Dating. When you were dating and sometimes you can't have enough of each other. You, you are just always together, and you will be on the phone for hours. Now you are in the house for days, and no one has spoken to anybody. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you are in the house, and you communicate via WhatsApp. <laughs> those days. Jesus said, because I'm going, you will have those days. So those days are different from the verse 24 when he said that um, they will tell you likeness here and then, and then also, so also the sound of mine will be in his day. Okay. So his day, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 8, it talks about the day of the Lord. So in the, in the, in the, in the early church, they always spoke about the day of the Lord. What was the day of the Lord when they mentioned the early day? The day Jesus was returning. So he said, who, 1 Corinthians chapter 
1 verse 8, who will also confirm you to the end that he may, sorry, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. So anytime you come across the day of the Lord in the Bible, the day of the Lord is talking about when he's coming, the second coming. The day of the Lord. The day of the Lord. Say the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord. Say the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord. That's what we just read from First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 5, that he, the day of the Lord, he'll come like a thief. The day of the Lord. See that? Therefore, let us not sleep as do the... But, uh, verse 5, I said. Verse 5. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 5. Verse 5. We are not, um, I think it's the verse 2, I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. Verse 2, let's go. It's the verse 2, yeah. Yourself know that the day of the Lord, see, the day of the Lord, okay? So there's a day coming, which is the day of the Lord. In First Corinthians, First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13, First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13, talks about each one's work will be, become clear for the day. Say the day. The day. It's a particular day, not days, a particular day. Right, the day will declare it. Whether uh, uh, will declare it because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each man's work. What sort it is? And there's a certain day. That day is coming with fire to test what you have been doing. Now, re remember, this text is it's not talking about everybody alive. All right, I'll explain it a little bit more. This text is not talking about everybody alive. Now, look at First Corinthians chapter five, verse five. I'm tempted to read from verse 1, but it's very interesting. Verse 1, he said, I hear there is sexual immorality amongst you. <laughs> it is actual, it's, it's actually reported that there is sexual immorality amongst you. This is talking about the church, talking to the church. Corinthians, they are the ones who are speaking in tongues a lot. Casting, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7, it said, when it comes to gifts, no, chapter 2, chapter 1, 7, chapter 2, 7, yeah, chapter 1, verse 7. 1 Corinthians 1, 7, it says that, so that you come short in no gifts, eagerly waiting for the revelation of the Lord Jesus. talking They are gifted. There was a church that was gifted. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, I think verse 11 and 12, it talks about the, the, the works, the signs of an apostle are wrought in you. Miracles, signs, wonders. He said, so when it comes to, you are falling, first, second Corinthians chapter 12, you are, you are behind in nothing when it comes to other churches. You are behind in nothing. All right. Chapter verse 12, verse 12. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. It says, it, it talks about how you lack nothing, you are not behind. Truly the signs of an apostle were accomplished amongst you with all perseverance in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. Can you imagine? In the church, they were experienced. Look at the next verse. Look at the, the next verse. For what is it in which you were inferior to other churches, except that I myself was not a burden to you by not collecting offerings from you? I didn't make you responsible for my daily care. Right. And he says that, forgive me for this wrong. It is wrong. He said, forgive me for this wrong. I wasn't, a, me, your pastor, I wasn't a burden to you. I wasn't making noise about my birthday. Uh -huh. I wasn't making noise about pastor, special pastor's celebration day. It's not in the interest of the congregation. But he said, I will, uh, Paul said, so I'm not the first person, Paul did it. And Paul said, so I won't even do it. So that I won't give people the opportunity to talk rubbish. That's what, but you guys don't talk rubbish anyway. But then they, your family members, some of them. You know, so, so he said that for, it's serious. He said that you were not inferior to the other churches in anything. Corinthian church, they were superior. 
you were doing well. When it comes to gifts, manifestation, she said, you are not inferior to any church except in that I didn't, I wasn't a burden to you. He said, forgive me for this wrong. And he said, I'm coming again, verse 14. He said, I'm coming again, and this time, I'm happy I will not be a burden on you still. Now, for the third time, I'm ready to come to you. And I will not be, I will not be burdensome to you, for I do not seek yours, but you. It's not your money we are looking for. It's not your offering or your tithe we are looking for. So I'll, that's why I, won't, I won't bother. It's not good if you are left to do what you want to do. It's not good if you are left on your own to do what you want to do. If you live with a parent or a mother or a father and you are young, they said, I've left her, let her do whatever I do. It's not a blessing. If your teachers tell you we've left you, do what you want to do, you will fail in your exam. If your pastor has left you, blow time the way you want to do. Go and live with that guy. Go and live with that woman. Do whatever. Come to church anyone you tell them to do. Be an authority on your own. It's not a blessing. It's not. Because he knows something that you don't know. You are under his care. And there are things God would God will impress on his heart for your future. God, Jesus appeared to um, Saul of Tarsus. Say, what do you want me to say? Go. There are people there. They will tell you what to do. Jesus doesn't tell you always directly. They continued in the apostles' doctrine. It must be a continuation. There are people already in the church who you should listen to. For your, for your safe passage. Some people, when they enter into relationship, you can't advise them. Yeah. I've seen so much. So usually I tell people, don't flaunt your relationship in the eyes of everybody. Mm, leave me alone. You don't know what I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. When the rubber hits the road, you realize that you didn't know what you were doing. Right. Let me not go too far into that. So he said, you were not inferior in nothing. So this is a church that was superior. They were doing well. He said, when it comes to gifts, he said, you, you were not behind in anything. It is the Corinthian church where Paul had to explain the spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. That's where he had to explain it. First Corinthians chapter 12. He says that um, uh, uh, to one is given uh, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discernment of spirit, interpretation of tongue, diverse kinds of tongue, gift of healing, gift of faith, working on miracles, word of prophecy. Nine. He has to tell them. First Corinthians chapter 12. Then he taught. After that, he went to talk about love. Because if I have, I can have all gifts. I don't have love. I'm nothing. He said, love is good. That's where the ones we read at the wedding. Love is blind. It's not for wedding, no. It's for living, church life. <laughs> it's not for wedding. It's for church life because church life is like marriage. I'm married to you as a church member. You are married to him as a church member. You are married to her as a church member. You have a responsibility towards her. She has a responsibility towards you. You have a responsibility towards them. They have a responsibility towards you. That's church. So those who are not committed to any church, you are not living the Christian life. You must be part of a congregation who is committed to you and you are committed to them. Yes. You must know and be known. Freelance. Wow. Freelance. Yeah, free, freelance believer. As and when you go to church when you want to, you go to places where you want to, you choose to any church you want. Because yeah, you have freedom of choice. Freedom of choice is different from the choice of freedom. You have a freedom of choice, but most of us will not use our freedom of choice to choose freedom. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. So, he said that 
verse 5 again, verse 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 4. Oh, is it verse 3? Let's go to verse 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 3. For indeed, as, as absent in the body, eh, sorry, for I indeed, as absent in body, but present in spirit, have already judged as though I were present. Him who has so done. I didn't read the verse 2. The verse 2 is somebody who was sleeping with the father's wife. Ah. You, is it verse 1? Okay. Let's read it from verse 1. Just read it. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you, and such sexual immorality as is not even named among the Gentiles. Unbelievers will not even celebrate you going, taking somebody's boyfriend away from him. Unbelievers will not even celebrate you taking somebody's girlfriend away from her, from, girlfriend away from him. So the other time I was sharing with some people, we can't celebrate some things in the church. How many of you, when you were in the world, your friend collected somebody's girlfriend and you were all happy? No. You feel like that's just wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. But it still happens in church. Be quiet. Because church are normal human beings. But he said this thing shouldn't be happening. So in the Corinthian church, besides all the tongues they were speaking in, the Corinthian church was speaking in tongues so much, Paul said, take it easy. He says that there is sexual immorality which even is not common among unbelievers in the church. So when they tell you that this church is very, it's, like, it's a Corinthianized church, it means it's not nice description. It is Corinthians, he spoke a lot about fornication, don't fornicate, don't do this, and, uh, your, te- your body is the temple of the Lord, there shouldn't be division amongst you. Meanwhile, these people were spiritual, when it comes to spiritual yes, gifts, hey, I can see this, I can, yeah. they were not dead. Yeah. So being spiritually astute, or not spiritually, like being spiritually gifted does not mean you are spiritually matured. Mm. So don't tell us you have a gift, so we should make you a leader in the church. Mm. You have a gift, so we should make you a pastor. Who told you there's a different? The gift, anybody at all can flow in. But to be a leader is, is based on your teaching, your character, and your longevity of service. Paul said, don't put a novice in office. Let's sit down and enter their hearts. Uh, wow, that's a message. So, Corinthian church, let's continue. I got to, I got to leave. Corinthian church, Bible said, put you on the screen for me. Verse 2. Verse 2. And you are puffed up and have not rather mourned. It should be mourning that this is happening in your midst. Mm. You are puffed up. I think it's okay. It's not okay. Mm-hmm. That he who, who has done this deed m- might be taken away from amongst you. Can you imagine that? He's beginning wow. to say, remove the person from amongst you. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> say, remove the person. Because this guy, the, the verse 1 is serious. Go to the verse 1 again. That thing the guy was doing is serious. Serious. That a man has lied, uh, a man has, has his father's wife. You, you, these young ladies are not enough for you. The one your father has. <laughs> As a friend, a king's meat. <laughs> Think about that. It is an abomination. That's what um, uh, the one who defies his father's couch, Levi. No, no, no. Uh, Simeon. 
Joseph, Jacob's first son. He went and lay with Bilal. Reuben, yeah, Reuben. Reuben went and laid with Bilal. And because, so because of that, he was disinherited. Now, may I say this? Some of you are not aware, but let me tell you this. God can forgive you, and God will forgive you. God does not hold sin against the believer. Why? Because the Bible says that if you confess our sins, he's just he's faithful and just to forgive because he doesn't have any grounds not to forgive once you abandon the sin. But some of you, what you don't know is that don't be deceived. God is not mocked. A man, whatsoever a man shows, so shall he reap. Galatians 6, 7. What, what do I mean? Watch this. This is very important. This is very important. You are a young man. You have broken the heart of about seven girls. Four girls. No, no, listen. After you even became born again, you have messed quite few ladies up. By the time you are getting married, it will be waiting for you. You may get an innocent woman, but there are things that will come upon your marriage that it will take a long time for you to be freed from some challenges. I'm telling you. All right, all right. I've gone too far. Let, let, I was just supposed to pass through First Corinthians chapter. That's why I didn't want to read it. I didn't want to go into that. All right. So we, chapter 5, verse 1. Where did I get to? Verse 1. Only one? one? And verse 2. Okay, verse 2. Verse 2 says that, And you are puffed up, puffed up and have not rather mourned that he who has done this deed might be taken away from you. Go to the next verse. See this. For indeed, as absent in the body, but, so I indeed, as absent in the body, present, uh, present in the spirit, have already judged him who has done this deed. Pause me, I've judged a person. Go to the next verse. Watch this. I'm showing you something. Verse 4 is where I'm going. In the name, watch this. This is serious. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together along with my spirit, with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's another, I'm always with you, so when you are gathered, I'm still there, okay, even though physically. Look at the verse five, look at verse five. Deliver such one to Satan for the destruction of the body. Uh, Pastor, what you, no, I'm this is the Bible. Some of you don't like reading the Bible. This is the, the Bible. And I'll explain it. Deliver such one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that his, why should you destroy the flesh? That his spirit may be saved when? On the day of the Lord. Ah, so someone can be messing up and still be saved when Jesus returns. That's what some people want. Religious people don't want to hear. The fornicator can still make it to heaven. Wow. <laughs> someone say yes. <laughs> the context. The context says that deliver such a one, said deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. The flesh is, is creating too much problems. Deliver. What does it mean? What does the uh, destruction of the flesh mean? That's what I want to explain. Do you want me to explain it? Yeah. Oh, but second coming, I have actually not judged it. No, please. Actually, okay, I will, I will do that. But before that, he said, destroy, the flesh will be destroyed, but his spirit will be saved. On yeah. When Jesus comes, this person is still saved. He will make it. 
The person who was sleeping with his father's wife? What's the distraction of the flesh? Some theologians believe that all kinds of sicknesses. Divine covering. That's why when I was preaching on fornication, I tell you, you can attack your body. Your human physical body may suffer unnecessary mishaps. And you may even end up dying prematurely. But you still, when Jesus comes, you can make it. You have been delivered into the hand of Satan for it. Because some people, certain mishaps shouldn't have happened to you. But because of unabated sinning, continuity of sinning, continuity of sinning, covering has been removed, revoked. So you have lost your job. Break it down. So all kinds of sickness. All kinds of, I'm not saying sickness is because Satan is attacking somebody. Satan is behind all sicknesses anyway. But I'm not saying because someone has a sickness because someone has sinned. I'm saying what the scripture is saying is that your flesh is not guaranteed covering. Yeah. You can't continue in that. Said I've judged the person already because this is not acceptable. But the person will be saved. That's the same thing he's talking about when he, I quoted 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse, verse, verse 13, when he says that, we, for we must, no, no, when he says that, that each man's work will be declared, for the day will de- declare it, okay? Watch this. For the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each man's work, what sort it is. What is this work he's talking about? What you are doing with your life after you come into Christ. And how you are serving God, it will be tested. Now watch this. Go to the next verse. Go to the next verse and see. If, watch this. If, oh, thank you, Jesus. Let's all read the other. Let's go. Let's go. Louder, let's go. If your work endures, what happens to you? What happens to you? Because fire is coming. If yours get bent, you won't receive. If your work endures the fire that is coming on the day, you receive a reward. So that day is a day of reward. But if your works, bad works, things you have have done in church and the way you have served God is the chaff, hay, wood, or straw, hay, and wood, you will suffer losses. Go to the next verse. See what I'm going to say to you. Let's read it to you. Let's go. It's like fire. It will not be a pleasant saving. You'll be saved. Your works. And you won't get reward. Revelation chapter 22 verse 12. Jesus said, behold, I come quickly. And my reward is with me. To give everyone according to his imagination. According to his good heart. According to your expectation. According to your work. What are you doing for God to want to reward you? When you are giving opportunity to serve in church, grab it with both hands. Because he said, I'm going to come back to reward. I said the other time that don't let anybody's attitude stop you from doing God's work because it's you who are going to lose out. It's not them. Departmental head. I didn't like the way my departmental head was talking to me. I didn't like... You better speak in tongues. I didn't like the way... You know, you are going to lose... He said, I am coming quickly and my reward is with me on that day. Listen, that day is not for unbelievers. Unbelievers... 
unbelievers are not going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Remember, unbelievers will not appear before the judgment seat. I said the judgment seat of Christ. When he returns, he's coming with the judgment seat. So, first, second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. Put it on the screen. For we must all appear before where the judgment The all we must, the we and the all is not talking about all human beings. It's talking about we the believers. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in, his, in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. So it's Christians, when Jesus comes, he's going to judge Christians. Unbelievers go straight to hellfire. But that's not nice at all. He said, who are you to question God? Does your shoe tell you when to wear him? When she went? Sometimes this our extreme proclivity towards human rights has made you have this mindset of dealing with God or relating with God based on your rights. <laughs> so Jesus, the Bible says that Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, he said that I know, he said no, and verse 7 says that I fought a good fight, I fought a good fight, I finished my race, the race, I've kept the faith. Now verse 8 says, therefore there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that, say on that day. On that day. That day is a day of re reward. Yeah. It's going to be a day of reckoning and reward. Day of accountability. You give an account of how you have lived your life that Christ gave you, how you have served God, how you, what, how you enjoyed the soul life or you lost, you lose the soul life. That day, he said that day, they always used to talk about, he said God will give to me on that day. Chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 12, the same thing. First uh, uh, Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, second Timothy, sorry, chapter 1, verse 12. Paul said, Paul said that I know in whom I believe, and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep what I've committed to him until that day. Philippians 1, 6, it says that, accomplish, Philippians 1, yeah, being confident of this thing, that he who has begun a good work will, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. There is a day. Believers can't forget about that day. A day is coming. A day is coming. Amen. A day is coming. Amen. Bible, Jesus said that the kingdom of God, he told the parable, he said the kingdom of God is like Matthew chapter 25. I think verse 14, I suppose it's verse 14. Matthew chapter 25. You see, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling. How don't you understand a man traveling far? <laughs> How many of you had cousins or fathers or aunties or mothers or sisters or brothers who traveled far and came. It said that, watch this, you know I told you about how similes, natural things to explain spiritual truth. Jesus was always doing that. So he said the kingdom of heaven is like, it's not it is, it is like, that's if you want to know how to have an idea. Like, watch this, watch, this is interesting. It's like, it's like a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servant, not supervisors. No. Wow. 
God never pays supervisors. He only paid pay servants. As you keep serving, he keeps taking care of you. I like the way Bishop Oedipo puts it. He said, in the army, the highest level, the ranking you get to, and you left the army, is the highest ranking you ever get to. If you are still in service, you are possible, there's a possibility that you keep going higher. But if you leave, like our, is the sergeant, and some of our veterans here, the level, the, the ranking you left, the army, that's it. The, that's it. So where your service stops is where his service provision stops. God only pays people who are serving him. When we say religion tells you, I serve God, thinking he's coming to sit in church and sing songs and go, that's what you mean to serve God. No! 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 Serving God. He said, love the Lord your God with all your might, all your strength, all, all your heart, and all your soul. Why is it that you are only doing it just a fraction of the... the the week, just a, a part, that's it. And you live a normal life. You are not a worshiper. Wow. You are not a worshiper. Are you saying that, so if I'm a pilot and I can't come to church, I'm not a worshiper, are you a pilot? <laughs> Why don't you let the pilot ask the question? So that we can contextualize the answer to the pilot. <laughs> Some people say that, oh, they said drink a little alcohol because of your stomach problem. Paul said to Timothy, but you, do you have a stomach problem? Do you have a stomach problem? So don't use that as a justification for coughing. Look for some other scripture, but not this one, because this one is prescription. How many of you are uh, uh, pregnant? Pregnant? Is, uh, uh, is it pregnant care or what's it called? Pregnant. Yeah, you take it when you're pregnant. Or is it when you're pregnant, when you want to be pregnant? All of, all of, all of it. it. Yeah, it's just, can you imagine if you see pregnant care in my bag or my wallet and I'm taking pregnant? For what? <laughs> Even though some men, when you look at them, it looks like they take pregnant care. <laughs> Am I, am I teaching something to somebody at all? We are laughing, but most of the things I'm saying is profound because it's eternal in value. It has eternal, eternal value. He said that that day he's going to judge. We will all appear before the judgment seat of God, Christ, and he will reward us based on what we have done in your body. He said, whether good or bad. He said, I come quickly, my reward is with me. Hmm. My reward is with me. So let me round up now and move on from the um, Luke chapter 17. The day. It's all about the day, isn't it? So Jesus said that, and then let's go to verse 26 of Luke chapter 17, I think. He says that in the days of, as, the, as it was in the days of Noah, meaning the period Noah was alive just before the flood came, said, and as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be also in the days, in the days of the Ah, that means that when it's time for the Son of Man to come, there will be some similarity between the days preceding the, when the flood happened, Noah's days, and the Son of Man's days. And then, look at the next one, verse 27, and he said, they ate, 
They drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. They were not expecting it. They were living normal lives. Normal crap. Okay? They were living normal. No, no one told them. But they didn't know, oh, come on, God can't do that. So when you tell people that people, there's hell, people say, oh, but God can't do that. God is love, God is love. Please, when it comes to dealing with God, please don't be talking about love. It's not even theologically sound to be, I, I think, uh, I, I will say some, I'm going to say something so strong, it will take a long time for some people to understand it, some people may not even accept it, but that's okay. Stop saying, oh, God loves sinners. <laughs> oh, but Bible says, for God so loved, it didn't say for God so loved sinners. He loved the world, so he did something about the, the problem of the world. So every sinner doesn't have an excuse to stay in sin. Because God's righteous nature necessitates his hatred for sin and sinners. Do you hear what I said? His righteous nature. He's righteous. He's just. He's righteous. He's so pure. He's so holy. He's part of his holiness means, in fact, I heard one great man of God say that when people go to hell, they will actually, when, when you go to heaven and you see maybe you're some relative or your best friend in hell, even though you laugh, maybe some, you know, when someone dies, they say, oh, we will all meet in heaven. Please, that one is just for the funeral. <laughs> for, for it to sound nice, he's gone to a better place. Who told you he's gone to a better place? When he was alive, he didn't want to spend time with God. Uh-huh. Now that he's dead, do you think he would like to? He's gone to a better place we shall all meet. Some of us, when Jesus comes and we all meet in heaven, you realize that some people you thought would be there are not there. You love them, but guess what? When you see them so far in hell, because we shall understand better, suddenly you even worship God more. God, your justice is so pure. Your justice is so pure. That you are so a true God. You are a righteous judge. You suddenly begin to appreciate and admire God for his pure justice. That's why Paul said, the righteous judge. He judges right. Um, Abraham said, would the judge of all flesh, all the earth, not, not do right? All right, all right, all right, all right. Pastor Joshua, please, let's help me. Let's finish this. The days of Noah was the same. The days of Sodom, okay, the days of Lot, not Sodom. He said the days of Lot was also the same, all right? I think let's finish this quickly. Verse 27, they ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. The next verse. Likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Uh-huh. Even so, it will be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Let's all together. Let's go. How is it going to come? That's why I said you shouldn't be ignorant. You are knowing that. It said it's going to be like everything looks normal. People are living, enjoying, eating, drinking, marrying. That's what their life is about. But not watchful. Life is all about that. But there's another side of life which is preparing for the next. They were not looking forward to that. They live in normal, said, and suddenly the Noah entered the, the ark, and then the, um, in, in the days of Lot, suddenly when Lot left the town, left town, 
and brimstone and fire was rained from heaven. I was, before I move on a, a bit further, I was telling you something. I just, I think I went and said something, so I forgot. Matthew chapter 25, when he says that the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country. Mm -hmm. When you go to verse, verse 19, he said the man returned. I think it's very important. All right, verse 19, Matthew 25, verse 19. Let me just finish that because that point, I don't want to come. Verse 19, he says that after a long time, the Lord of the servants came and settled accounts with them. Did you see that? What did he come to do? Settle. When he says accounts, what is he coming to do? Settle. Come to settle accounts. He's coming to judge you. Okay, I gave you strength. I gave you this. I gave you opportunity to be part of a department. How were you doing it? I gave you opportunity to serve in the church. I gave you health. I gave you this. And I gave you what have you done. So I really used to pay my tithes. No, that's not what I'm talking about. This is what I gave you to do. Okay, I gave you the money you were faithful to with your tithing, but how about your strength? How about your intelligence? You were an IT, well, uh, a professional, IT trained, or you were able to do this. You never did it to help my work. You did it to help yourself, to make money, isn't it? Okay, so said, let the fire come and see if what you have built can stand. Wow. He's coming to settle accounts. Wow. Sister, when Jesus returns, he's not, whether you are married or not will never matter. It will never matter. But what you have done for the kingdom is what is going to be matter. So I know you want to get married. But whilst you are believing God to get married, have it in mind that you will always do God's work. You will always do God's work. Be ready for the master's coming. Verse 30. And the one, when he, verse 21 says that one of the, it's interesting when I was studying Pastor Wu, when I was studying the text, I saw something. Verse 21, Bible says that he came back and then he called, uh, verse 20, from verse 20, he called the first one, he gave five talents. And then um, he says, uh, uh, okay, Lord, deliver, you, you gave me, uh, the Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained, all right? So he said, he who have received five came and said that. Verse 21 says that, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Mm -hmm. And then the verse 22 said, he who has also received two talents also came, okay? And then he said, well done, thou good and faithful. So only two verses to deal with the good people. Ah, but from verse 24, <laughs> this one who had excuses, it takes, you know, it takes so long to explain things to certain type of people. Yeah. <laughs> In church, too, it's, you have to go and explain. See, that's why we are making this. It's not because of it. See, I'm one, I'm like, I did so many things. What did you say? <laughs> so, he, the host, I was shocked. About five verses or more from verse 24 to actually verse, verse 29. Look at verse 29. They said, for to everyone who is given, you are abundance. Okay, to everyone who, who has, more will be given and you have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And then listen to verse 30, the scary one. The scary one, the scary one. Watch this. Cast out this unprofitable servant. No, that's not, a, watch this, not an unbeliever. Not an unbeliever. Not an unbeliever. Not, because they are all servants, the same status. So don't think that it's just unbeliever. This is not unbeliever and believers. This is talking about church people. Some will be cast into out. What's the meaning? But pastor, you told us you'll be saved. He said, your works will be burned, but will be saved. But here he said, outer darkness. And he said, there shall be gnashing of teeth. There shall be weeping and gnashing. So what are you talking about now? That, that means because I'm not serving faith, I'll, I'll, I'll burn in hell. No, 
I'll explain it. What is the outer darkness? The outer darkness is away from the presence. God, let's look at verse 23 or 21 to tell you those who were rewarded. What were they, what were The Bible says that I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy. Come and let's party. Come and he who will save his soul will lose it. And he who will lose his soul and suffer the soul life, but in the name of, you end up gaining it because you are going to actually enjoy the enjoyment you didn't, and those who are going to be not in the presence of God, they are going to be put in outer darkness for a season, thousand years. And people will be regretting, <laughs> and some of us will be reigning over cities. Yeah. Why do you think I'm preaching like I'm preaching? Why do you think I'm doing the pastoral work with integrity and genuineness of heart? Yeah. It's not because I care so much about you. That's one thing I do, but my care for you is actually born out from my, from my heart for God. And I'm doing, I'm working for him because I know he, I'm going to give account. I'm, he's going to come and balance the books with me. And he's coming with a reward. That's why I'm doing it. And you too, that's why you should do. That's why you should do your own. You don't want to be in outer, cast into outer darkness. You are born again, but cast into outer darkness. And there'll be gnashing of teeth. Cast into outer darkness. For a period of time. Before. And then we will be reigning with him. Revelations said that we will reign with him. Some will be given ruler over ten cities, some will be ruler over five cities. Some so some of us will be mayors over many cities. <laughs> can you imagine? The mayor can be can rule of for how long? I was told that the castle uh, is it Windsor Castle. It's thousand years. It's the only longest in continuously inhabited castle in the world. Thousand years. Can you imagine how the royal family is enjoying that place? And we can we will reign for thousand years with Christ. Meanwhile, this one generation and several generations about you. You'll be reigning. Said, when he said, enter into the joy of your Lord, the Lord, it means a lot. That means God is happy about something. It's like he has set a special dinner. He's about to enter and joy. Say, oh, come, come join me. Oh, come join me. Join me. You are faithful servant. Join me. The other one said, hey, put him over there. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. And so he says that, this, that, when is this going to happen? I'm saying this so that you can change your approach as quickly as possible. Yeah. Change because you can still save the day. Yeah. Make changes. That's what happened to Lord's wife. And I'll end of that, the soul life. Lord's wife, do you know what happened to Lord's wife? On when they were delivered, Pastor Joshua, let's go. Chapter, chapter, chapter 17, Luke chapter 17, let me finish on this. I have to do this in five minutes. Luke chapter 17 from verse 31. 31, let's go. In that day, he who is on the housetop and his goods are in the house, let him not come down to take them away. And likewise, the one who is in the field. The day of the Son of Man. In that day, he who is on the housetop, let us not come down to come and collect what? Let me come, let, let, and, and, and his goods are in the house. You are talking about your property, the things that are important for you on earth. He said, don't let that be your focus, because that day, it, that will disadvantage you. When natural things, your natural life, your natural possessions, physical living, it becomes your overacting and overriding focus. If I will lose my job and save my future in Christ, so be it. 
He says, he said, God provides for his own. But watch this. Look at the next verse. And then he said, after saying this, he said, remember lost wife. Very short. Tell somebody, remember lost wife. Luke 17, 32. Luke 17, 32. What is it about lost wife? Genesis 19, let's not go to that, into that. Genesis 19 from verse 5 downwards. Bible says that God delivered them and lost wife because she, when she, she remembered the things she has left in the city God is punishing, city God is destroying, the city of sin, the city that never glorified God. When God said, this thing I'm going to bring, she loved the things behind and so she looked back. Even though she was out, she looked back. So Lot's wife didn't perish in Sodom but he didn't make it to the promised land. She became like salt. Bible says, what is the usefulness of salt? Luke chapter 14, verse 34 and 35. What is the usefulness of salt when it loses its taste? It is not good for the manure. Luke chapter, Luke chapter, it says that salt is good, but if, so, if, if the salt has lost its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? The next verse, verse 35, look at it. So it's neither fit for the land nor for the downhill. So you are not going to hell, but you're also not going to make it to the glory, the joy of the Lord. Lot's wife was stuck in in between. So he said, remember Lot's wife. She was delivered, yet she couldn't make it. Yes, you are born again. You have been delivered. Yes, you have received prosperity. But be careful, lest you will not make it to the joy, into the joy of the Lord. Why? Because you are inundated with natural material things. You are lingering. The word is lingering. Lingering. You are, to linger means to spend time over something too long. You are spending time over something too long. I wrote it here. I wrote it in my notes. To linger means to, linger means to stay in a place longer than necessary because of, of um, reluctance to leave. Overstayer. <laughs> to linger. What does that mean? You are lingering over material things, lingering over things that you, I love. I love my fashion. I love my shoes. I love my clothes. I love my job. I love my holidays. I love my fun. I like my music. I love my party. I love it. It's okay to have party. But if that is beginning to affect your watchfulness and your work for God and your service with God, instead, remember Lord's wife. You are lingering over this thing too much. You are tied to the goose. You are tied to the goose. It will work against you. That's what he said. And then look at the next verse. I'm, that's the, the, the core of the message I'm finishing now. The next verse, what does it say? Whoever seeks to save his life will Luke lose chapter it. 17, verse 31. 30, sorry, 33. Luke 17, it's not Luke. Yeah, see there. Whoever seeks to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life will preserve it. I said, what does it mean to lose your life? And what does it mean to save your life? To lose, if whoever, whoever seeks to save, the life there, watch this, the life there is not like your natural living, but it's your soul life. The things you enjoy, the things that make you enjoy life. The things that, I don't joke with this. He said, if you are not, if you seek to save that, as for me, I don't joke with this. If you seek to save that, you will lose your life. In other words, when it comes to the actual life and enjoying the Lord, you will lose it. 
But if you lose your life, your soul life, then it helps you to prepare and you are adequately watchful for his coming. That's what he's talking about. Remember Lord's wife. Remember Lord's wife. This same phrase has been repeated in scripture a few times. Take up your cross and follow me. Luke chapter 9 verse 24 is there. Matthew, in, in Matthew chapter 16 verse 25 is there. In Mark chapter 8 verse 35 is there. It's everywhere. It, even in John chapter 12. I thought John normally wouldn't even say that. But John chapter 12 verse 25 is there. John 12, 25. I would prefer to read that one. John 25, verse 25. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Luke 9, 23. Same. So the, the message here is that to prepare for the second coming of Christ, you must be willing to lose your soul life. It's a very long message. But you told me I was preaching good when I was speaking about marriage. You see, we like that one. We like that one, but the truth is we are going to settle an account with God. I'll be a bad pastor if I don't remind you of these things. I have a job. I, I owe you bringing you into the light, not keeping you in darkness about concerning the coming of the Lord. It's going to come. A lot of things that we are very excited about naturally in our, our natural life may not matter. Yeah. And those are the things we end up lingering around because we want to save our soul lives. You want to save your soul life. Your image is so important for you. What people think about you, as for me, the way people think about me, is so important for me. My job is so important because I've suffered to get this qualification. And, I've, and my job is so important for me. Anything my boss says is more important than anything. I don't care. Blah, 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 blah. You know, I, 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 the, the house I live in, I need to be able to sustain this house. I live in a very posh area, but those things, so that's why I have to work extra, you know. And then I, it doesn't, I don't mind even if it's affecting my spiritual life. I, I, I don't mind. I just, blah, 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 blah. those things are important, but don't linger. If you, if you want to prepare for the second coming of Christ, Sandra, be ready to lose your soul life. <laughs> lose your soul life. Many pastors, when you teach these things, you lose people. Because they really don't care, you know. They don't care. But if you really mean to work with God, these are the things you care about. If you really mean to, if you are genuinely born again, these are the things you care about. You care about this. You should put it on your status. Save the day. Save the day. The day is coming. Amen. Amen. Did you receive something? Please bow your heads and let's pray. I want to pray for somebody very, a group of people here who are very important on the program of God. I want to pray for you here if you say you are here, but you know that you are not giving your life to Jesus. For you to even be part of the category of those who receive a reward or who will be judged.
you know that you, have, you are not in that category. You have not given your life to Jesus. You have not started the pure, genuine Christian life, but you are genuine about it. You want to do it. I want to give you an opportunity to do that because I don't want to end the service without you having the opportunity to do that. I would like to pray for you. I would like to pray with you. Maybe you are here, you want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to invite Jesus into my heart. I want to be born again. I want to start a new life. I want to live for Jesus. I know he's been calling me. I know he has spared my life. He has given me this opportunity. But I haven't been responsible enough to, to take the favor opportunity he has given me. But pastor, after hearing today's message, I know my time has come. I want to make today my day and surrender my life to Jesus. I want to invite Jesus into my heart to start a new life. If that's your genuine prayer, please lift up your right hand so I can see it and pray with you. Say this prayer after me from your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I've sinned against you. But I believe that you died on the cross to save me from my sins. I repent of my sins and I invite you into my heart to be my Lord and my Savior. I make a commitment that I will serve you. I will walk with you in spirit and in truth. So help me, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I thank you for my precious friends who heard your word and heard your voice and have taken this step. I pray as we all prepare for your coming, as they have honored you with their lives, I pray for grace for them, grace over their lives so they shall be able to prepare. They shall be watchful towards your coming. And when you come, we shall all make it and hear you say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at charis.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Charis Ministries. Stay blessed.